Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at Life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. All good. Hey, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I began a series, which will take us through a little while. Um, but I've called it Learning to Listen. <clears throat> and uh, as we began this last time, I uh, encouraged you in the fact that God is still speaking. God has never stopped speaking. And it's more of a case today that God's people perhaps are failing to position themselves to hear. And there's a lot of reasons. And we live in an age of incredible distraction where everything is competing for our attention. And I want to encourage you, God is still speaking. And he wants to speak to us individually. He wants to speak to us corporately. But we must position ourselves to hear. The questions that we've got to be asking ourselves in this regard is, do I personally, do I hear from God? Do I recognize God's voice when he does speak? And as I said last time, I've never heard the audible voice of God in my life. But there's not a week goes by when God is not revealing, that God is not speaking to me in some way. So do I, I recognize God's voice when he does speak to me? Am I actively actually listening for God's voice? Do I wake up every morning uh, with each new day with an expectation that I'm going to hear from God today? Because it needs to be our expectation. It needs to be an expectation that we develop. We need to grow in that expectation, knowing God wants to speak to us, but am I actively listening for him? So how does God speak to us? Friends, one of the basic claims of Christianity is that the God of the universe, our creator, he is alive and he actually wants to have a relationship with his children. He wants to have a relationship with his creation. That's you and I. But as we know in any other relationship... A relationship will not thrive if there's no communication. And so if, in order for us to receive the benefits of this relationship with our Creator, we've got to be in a place not only where we are speaking to God, and we find that easy to do, particularly when we have a crisis or a need, we go to God with our shopping list. But we must be in such a relationship with God that we're making the space not just to bring our requests, not to just pour out our heart before God, but a place where God, by His Spirit, can speak to us. And so the very core of our faith is a living relationship with God. In fact, our salvation is based on that relationship with Jesus. Today, I want to unpack a really interesting encounter that we read in 1 Samuel in the Old Testament in chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And in my Bible, it has a heading that says, The Lord Calls Samuel. Verse 1, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare 
and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and Samuel answered, "Here I am." And then he ran to Eli and said, "Here I am, you called me." But Eli said, "I did not call, go back and lie down." So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Verse 8, the Lord called Samuel a third time and Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realised that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. All of that's prefaced by those words in verse 1. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Now, I want us to personalize that today by framing the question, is the word of the Lord rare in my life? Friends, again, are we actively listening for God? Do we spend time waiting upon God in His Word because His Word speaks to us? How often do you listen to the Word of God? How often do we find ourselves in a place such as today where we are hearing from God? How often do we have that time of quiet devotion alone with God? A really sobering question in the 21st century for so many Christians. Do we actually have a daily private devotional life with God? And I don't want to beat us up this morning and I certainly don't want to guilt you into some kind of religious expectation. But at the very core of our faith is relationship. You don't find religion at the heart of Christianity. You find relationship. But again, you will never ever realize the benefits of that relationship unless you are invested in that relationship. And in my years of pastoral ministry, I often have people very transparently saying, I I just... Don't hear from God. Uh, I don't know what God wants me to do. God doesn't seem close. He seems so distant. I don't feel God the way that I used to. And I think without exception, one of the key reasons for that, and there are other factors, but one of the key reasons is because they've devoted less and less time in waiting in the presence of God, in developing that relational aspect 
in, in just saying, God, would you speak to me? In opening God's word. It's not rocket science. But as we unpack this story today, we discover that this young boy, Samuel, was probably only about 12 or 13 years of age. He was the servant or the apprentice to the priest Eli. Eli himself is now a very, very old man. And in this story, they've both turned in for the night. Samuel was asleep in the temple, the Bible tells us, close to where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And then during the night, God calls to the boy. Samuel, when he hears the voice of God, actually thinks that it's Eli calling out to him. And so he rushes out to Eli and says, here I am, you called me. And Eli's going, no, I didn't call you. Go back, you're dreaming. Second time, God calls to Samuel. He goes back into Eli, thinking it was Eli who called him. And Eli says, no, mate, what's going on? It's not me. Go back and lie down. The third time, Samuel rushes in and says, Eli, did you call me? Now, finally, the penny drops. And Eli realizes it must be God that's speaking to the young boy. So here's a question. Why did it take Eli, this seasoned priest, ministering in the temple for God, now a very old man, why did it take him so many times to realize that it was God speaking to Samuel? Because for Samuel, not recognizing it was God, the answer for him is simple. He's just a boy. Uh, The Bible actually tells us he hadn't yet been instructed on how to hear God's voice. So he's still learning the ropes. But I don't think Eli had the same excuses. It's a very different story. And as you unpack the backstory to this, we discover Eli had actually compromised himself. He had actually allowed corruption to pollute the ministry that God had entrusted him with. We're told that Eli had two sons who were also priests and they are totally corrupt. 1 Samuel 2 and 12 uh, and verse 17. Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord. Verse 17. The sin of the young men was very great In the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. So Eli's sons didn't honor God. They robbed God by putting themselves first. They took the best of the offerings that people were bringing to the temple and they kept them for themselves. They lived immoral lives, they lived impure lives. And they had begun to extort and threaten God's people. Now it seems Eli, their father, was either unwilling or just couldn't do anything to kind of pull him into line. And in fact, it would seem that he indulged them. In 1 Samuel 2 and 29, we read this. 
And this is God's judgment against Eli. Why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribed for my dwelling? Why do you honour your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel? And then we fast forward to chapter 3 and 1. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. I think it becomes really obvious why the word of the Lord was rare and why there were not many visions. And again, it wasn't because God wasn't speaking. And it wasn't just even the disobedience of the people. A huge part of it was the fact that those who had been entrusted with hearing from God and then instructing the people had become totally corrupt. So God's not talking to Eli. He's not certainly talking to Eli's sons because they had become totally rebellious towards God. He's simply bypassing them and talking to a 12-year-old boy. And from that moment on, God appoints Samuel. God speaks to Samuel. Samuel listens because he was always positioning himself to hear from God. He became Israel's last prophet before the first king was appointed. And he became a prophet so respected in Israel because they knew that Samuel heard from the Lord. So when Samuel spoke, they listened because they knew that what he said was coming from God. And as I said last week, God always raises men and women in a generation to speak for God to their generation. And I want to challenge you, but also encourage you that that's every single one of us. You have been born into such a time and place as this. It was said of David that he served the purposes of God in his generation. And I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you that we need to be hearing from God so that we can speak for God to our generation. Can I hear an amen this morning? And our generation needs to hear what God wants to say through you and I. That we would be a prophetic voice to our generation. As I said last week, don't get scared by that word prophecy. It simply means to speak the words of God. To speak for God. And again, we cannot speak for God if we've not heard from God. And I would suggest that perhaps... Some of the reasons why God wasn't speaking to Eli are reflected in the lives of many Christians today because God wants to speak to us. He desires to draw near to us. He desires to come close to us. But the reality is in our 21st century Western lifestyles, we often, and I'll give you a break, unintentionally remove ourselves from that place where we're hearing from God. Now, yes, we do do this when we deliberately entertain sin. There's no question. And, and sin simply 
is doing what God has not to- told us not to do. But then I think recently I've talked about sins of commission, the sins you commit, and then sins of omission, which are also sins, and they're the things that God tells us to do that we don't do. And so there are sins of omission. And friends, when we do things in our life, and when our life is structured in such a way that we are withdrawing from God, we will always find it really, really difficult to discern and to hear and to recognize God's voice. And one of the things that become the greatest distraction to hearing the voice of God is what I would call misplaced priorities. And again, it's easy to justify. Yes, life is busy. Yes, there are so many pressures. Yes, we all seem incredibly time poor. But the thing that we need to make the number one priority of is stopping and saying, as Samuel did, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I gave us a little bit of homework when we launched part one. And that was to begin to pray that prayer. And if that can be our habit, as we wake up of a morning, don't reach for your phone and scroll, but rather get on your knees and just say, speak, Lord, your your servant is listening. That needs to be our number one priority, seeking after God. But if everything else takes priority and God simply gets what little time or attention we have left after we have attended to what we have mistakenly believed are more pressing issues, then we're going to find it hard to hear God's voice. And then it's really easy to get into a pattern where we just go so slack in committing to the things that are going to grow our relationship with God and draw us to a place where we are hearing His voice. There's no way in the world that we can hear God's voice when we fail to worship Him, when we fail to read His Word, where we fail to give Him room to speak. What did Eli do? He became incredibly complacent about his relationship with God. And he had an incredible responsibility in his role. And Eli didn't discern the voice of God. And that revealed the corruption of his heart. Paul actually wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 6 and 12. And he says, everything is permissible for me. But not everything is beneficial. They're really powerful words. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And there's so many things that we justify in our lives because we think, well, there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with them. But they'll become non-beneficial if those things become a distraction to our relationship with God. Friends, anything that separates us from God, from His Father heart, from His love that He just wants to extend to us day after day after day after day, anything that separates us from that is not beneficial. James 4 and 7 says this, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil... And he will flee from you. 
Come near to God and He will come near to you. Notice where the initiative lies. I don't hear God like I used to. Well, have you drawn close to God? Come near to God. The initiative is for us. And He will come near to you. Because again, God hasn't moved. Again, God is still speaking. Are you listening? Are you positioning yourself to hear? We're going to be tuned in to the voice of God. Now, one of the most powerful ways that God speaks today is through His Holy Spirit. Praise God that He has given us His Holy Spirit. And Jesus, in the upper room with His disciples on the night that He was betrayed, actually promises that indwelt presence of the Holy Spirit, which was not a reality until the day of Pentecost. And he says in John 16 and 13, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. So Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. And one of His roles in your life is to guide you in truth. And if we are in tune with the Holy Spirit... If we are not resisting the Holy Spirit or quenching the Holy Spirit, which the Bible tells us we can do. But if we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, that is one of the key ways that we are going to learn to hear the voice of God. But if there are issues that are causing us to rebel against the Holy Spirit or if there are issues of sin that are a huge blockage to the Holy Spirit, then we're always going to be fighting against what God is wanting to do in our lives. And again, we'll always find it very, very hard to hear from God. And again, friends, it's not God who has a problem speaking. It is us who have a problem listening. A guy goes to the doctor and he says, Doctor, I'm not here for myself. I just want to get some advice. And it's about my wife. I think she's actually going deaf and I just don't know what to do about that and the doctor says I I want you to try something he said when you go home stand at a distance and ask her a question and if you don't get a response move a little bit closer and ask the same question and if you don't get a response then move even closer and and I want you to kind of work out how close you need to be for her to hear you and he thinks oh that's a good idea so he, he gets home and his wife is preparing a meal in the kitchen and he stands at the kitchen door and he says, is, is dinner ready yet? And doesn't get a response. So he moves to the middle of the room and he says, is dinner ready yet? And he still doesn't get a response. And he gets right up on her shoulder and he says, is dinner ready yet? And she said, I've told you three times, yes. <laughs> and in regards to us and our relationship with God, again, we're the ones with the problem. Have we heard from God? And friends, when we do hear from God and we feel like there is something inside of us that is directing us, it's a prompting, it's a a feeling, it's a sense. How do we know that it is God who is talking to us? Well, I just want to give you, just as we wrap up, just three quick keys in helping us discern the voice of God when he does speak? Because this is a huge issue. Number one, 
does that voice point to Jesus? Because God will never point us to a false hope. When God directs us, he always directs us to Jesus. 1 John 4 and 1, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. And this is absolutely essential. As we learn to listen, the voice of God will always point us to Jesus. If it's pointing to Jesus, you can probably be fairly assured that it's the right voice. Secondly, God will never prompt us. He will never ask us. He will never instruct us to do something that is contrary to his word, something that is forbidden in his word. And if the voice that prompts you is telling you to do something that is contrary to the word of God, you can really, really easily discard that. And so that's not the voice of God. God's voice always encourages us to grow in righteousness, to grow in faith. In fact, Jesus was clear about this in Luke 8 and 21. My mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into action. And then the third test, and I'll ask the team to come back. When God speaks to us, it will always be in harmony with his word. It'll always be consistent. He won't add to his word and he won't take away from his word. He won't take away from what he's already revealed to us. Which means we've got to have a really clear understanding of God's word. We need to check the messages that we hear. And I'm absolutely flabbergasted of how gullible Christians are on social media. And the garbage that they like and they, you know, put a meme going, yay, that's awesome. And it's like, really? We've we got to know the Word of God so that we can discern and test all these winds of doctrine, all these great ideas that may tickle our ears a little bit, but have got no substance and do not, are not in harmony with the Word of God. And here's another great question as we wrap up. How do we actually position ourselves to better hear the voice of God? I think I've given you a bunch of clues already this morning. But I'll say it plainly. You won't hear from God if you're looking in the wrong places. So where do we look? Well, where was Samuel when he heard the voice of God? He was in the temple. He was in the place where historically God had always shown up. So he positioned himself in a way that was totally consistent with how God had always moved. And Samuel received God's word in a way that God had previously revealed himself to so many people. And then Samuel then needed to be receptive and he said, Rightly speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. But he was in the temple. And friends, today in our own context, today as we gather in this temple, 
the Shirley Temple, as it's been affectionately known over many years. But as we gather in this place today, we are hearing from God. And we've heard that in a variety of ways through testimony on the screen. We've heard it through a prophetic word from Elaine. We've heard it as we worship. We hear it from His Word. In this place, we hear from God. We hear from God in Christian community. And it's what I love about our life groups. Our life groups are so strong. It's one of the strongest areas in the life of this church. One of the healthiest areas with so many of our people committed in life groups, doing life together, encouraging each other in faith. That's when we learn to hear the voice of God. I love when our, our men gather at 6.30 on a Tuesday morning. As cold as it is, the coffee is beautiful and nice and hot. But what I love is the fact that increasingly we're being very open and transparent. And in that way, we're learning to hear from God because we see that's how God's moving in that life. And that's how God's moving in that life. And, and, and the expectation, the faith expectation, God's speaking to me because what He's done for you, I see He can also do for me. And friends, every time we gather in Christian community, we have the potential to be hearing from God. Every time we listen to the Word, we're going to hear from God. Every time we share communion, it's an opportunity to hear from God. Every time we hear of His love and His grace and forgiveness, it is God speaking to us. Every time we see someone saved, it is God speaking to us. Every time we witness somebody being baptized, it is God speaking to us. And God comes to us right where we are. And God promises to speak to us right where we are whenever we gather together. And sometimes we just need to be still, just to be quiet, to be still and just know that God is God's. And we are so privileged to live in the place that we do with the evidence of God's handiwork in creation just screaming at us every moment of every day to pause and to say, God, you are. And in that moment, God speaks to us. But sometimes it's so hard to, to hear God speak because there are so many other voices competing for our attention. And sometimes those voices are really easy to listen to. The voice of popular opinion on social media, the inner voices of our own emotions, our own desires, our own passions. We get sucked into listening to the voice of every wind of doctrine that comes along. We get sucked into somebody's wild testimony about something crazy that God has done. We listen to those who do tickle our ears and tell us what we want to hear. But friends, God is looking for people who are listening for His call. Are you listening for the call of God? Samuel was quick to hear what God had to say. But he was also quick to do what God commanded him to do. And so as we wrap up, are you listening? 
The homework I gave last time, which is the homework that we will continue through this series, is to wake up every day, say, God, speak. Your servant is listening. That's a five-second prayer. And if you can commit to that every day, you're going to go, five, five seconds is not long enough. God, speak for your servant is listening. And that will bring a hunger in your heart. It will resonate with the Holy Spirit. And you're just going to, you're going to yearn to find more space to hear what God wants to say. Because that's not going to work just as some mantra or some cute thing that you pray once. It's got to be an attitude of heart. Can you hear God speaking to you through His Holy Spirit? Can you hear God speaking to you through His Word? Are you in tune with the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do you hear Him when God calls you to take up your cross and follow Jesus? Because that's the call to discipleship. Now, when He calls us to do that, it doesn't necessarily mean He's going to call you to be a missionary in some far-flung nation or a preacher or a pastor or an evangelist. Now, it might. And I'm talking to our young people here right now because you're at the age where God's going to be calling you guys. I was 23 when God called us into ministry, into full-time ministry. And right now, God's preparing some of you guys. And I think I said in my check-in on Friday, we're going, to be, we're going to be sowing into the Timothys. Can I hear an amen from the more mature members of our congregation? We're going to see the hand of God on these young people's lives. That God set them apart. Set them apart to be that next generation of disciple. That next generation of vocational ministry calling that you will be the pastors of the future and the prophets of the future and the evangelists of the future. That you will be those that God calls specifically to be the voice of God to your generation. And I believe they're in the room this morning. But that call is not on all of us, but it is on some. But the call that is on all of us is that we live our lives as disciples of Jesus intentionally on mission for Him in the workplace, in your job, in your home, in your neighbourhood, in your school, wherever it is that you're saying, God, I want to be your voice to my generation. I want to be ready for service. That, that, that I, I, I want the priorities of my life and all the other distractions of my life to be so secondary to seeking you, to, to hearing your voice, to knowing your call. But we've got to make space for that. And then when he does speak, we've got to then predetermine our obedience. When God speaks to me, I'm going to do what he says. And that's not an unreasonable thing to do because all we're going to do is look at what Jesus has done for us. And He's given us everything. Stand with me. We're going to pray this morning. And Father, as we stand in Your presence, we pray this prayer. Lord, speak for Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. We're listening. This morning we want to hear from you. 
speak. God, help me to slow down. Teach me, God, to hear your voice. Place within me a hunger for that quiet time to be alone with you. May your Holy Spirit guide me and empower me to know your truth. And in the busyness of my life, may I recognize your voice. And God, as you do speak, may I be obedient to your call. May I be obedient to do whatever it is you're calling me to do. And Father, I just feel prompted this morning just to pray particularly for our young people. Because no other generation has lived lives that are so filled with distractions. Most of them digital. And all those distractions just constantly being occupied. Our brain just constantly being bombarded with alerts and messages and feeds. As I said in part one, we're missing the call of God. Because we don't have the time to just sit and be still and wait. Father, give us the discipline just to put devices down. And if Ella say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, because we want to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice. And we've got to counter the garbage that so often fills our minds and our hearts. The garbage that's thrown at us every time we open that screen. I pray that even in the group of young people, that are in this building this morning, that your call is upon them to be leaders in their generation, to be pastors, to be prophets, to be evangelists, to be teachers. No greater call, and I pray they would not miss that call. But Lord, that you would be speaking to hearts right now. To hear that voice from behind that says, this is the way, walk in it. That these young people would know the ways of the Lord. And they would say, God, here I am. Here I am. And I live a life set apart for you. And whether that's a full-time vocational ministry call or not, We're simply set apart because you've saved us. And Father, I pray that every person in this room would be a prophetic voice to this generation. A generation that needs to know truth. Speak to us and speak through us, we pray. 